Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. Looks like a beautiful weekend here in the Mile High City and want to um, certainly hope everyone is successful that are still out turkey hunting for spring turkey. And uh, a lot of folks are even getting geared up for the big game season and uh, anxious to get our draw results back and all that. And uh, we'll be having some future shows on big game here pretty soon. Well, let me explain today's show to you a little bit. We are in Breckenridge at the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference this week. And uh, we want to thank our good friend Dan Gates and Dan Zimmer from Colorado Parks and Wildlife for inviting us up. And um, our purpose up here this week was just to get with some of these groups in Colorado that we have not had on our show before and uh, kind of learn a little bit more about them and what their part is in the outdoors. So today's show is made up of some um, interviews that we did this last week here in Breckenridge and uh, hope you'll enjoy them and um, and make note of some of these groups. And uh, we will be following up with some of these and uh, having them back on the show so we can learn more about them. And again, this is from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference in Breckenridge. And uh, boy, beautiful setting, needless to say. And we just had a great, great time. So we're going to be getting to some interviews here now from the Partners in the Outdoors Conference. Once again, we're coming to you from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference here in Breckenridge this week, and uh, we are doing some pre-recordings for our show and uh, getting to meet a lot of uh, new folks and new organizations, and uh, hope this will be uh, a great learning thing for all of us because there are a lot of great groups in our state that really help with conservation and our outdoors here in Colorado. Glad to have Allison Kincaid with us. Allison is the Executive Director for Colorado. Colorado Parks and Recreation Association. And um, Allison, uh, first of all, welcome. And uh, take just a minute and tell a little bit about your background and then a little bit about your organization. Hi, thank you for having me. Yep, so I um, am a Colorado native, third generation, grew up in Brighton, Colorado. My family's from the Greeley, uh, LaSalle, or not LaSalle, the Greeley area. And um, my background is I spent nine years working for Colorado Parks and Wildlife, five years of that in big game hunting licenses, two years I was the hunting and angling outreach coordinator for the Northeast region and then two years I was the statewide partnership coordinator. For the last five years I have been the executive director of the Colorado Parks and Recreation Association. We um, are a professional member association for park and recreation professionals. We represent about 1,400 professionals from 200 parks and rec agencies across the state of Colorado. This is my first time to come here the last few years. I've been in Montana turkey hunting this time of year so I haven't been able to come to a conference like this. A lot of different groups. Um, what does a, a conference like this kind of mean to you, your organization, and what do you think the benefits of a conference like this are? To me, a conference like this is so much about generating important conversations and getting collaborative work done. So I work really at that, that local level with local park and recreation agencies who are doing a lot of work on the ground to get people connected with parks, um, to be connected with trails and open spaces and being active and healthy in their communities. 
and being able to come to a conference like this and one share these are the resources that we have to bring to the table and those don't have to be let me back up. That can be a combination of urban parks. Those right. can be rural opportunities. Those could be people who own, uh, who are running municipalities who are in on the western slope and maybe have different types of opportunities for the people who live there. So one is to be able to share the message that we are doing good work and like to partner with other folks on that work as well. Mm -hmm. And the other is to, you know, I'm constantly looking for opportunities on how we can enhance the work that people are doing because I feel like so much good work is done at the local level when it comes to capacity building, how we can serve more people and get more people outdoors in Colorado. A lot of that happens maybe in your community. Where do you live? Where do you go to recreate? Maybe not everybody's going straight to the mountains. Maybe they're going to their local park trails and open space. And, you know, I mean, a conference like this, I mean, not everyone's a hunter or a fisherman, and that's not really what it's all about while our show kind of focuses on that. It's really just getting people in the outdoors, isn't it? It is. You know, and I do believe that my time as the hunting and angling outreach coordinator for Colorado Parks and Wildlife, there's a lot to be said for using these local agencies to introduce the idea of fishing to maybe maybe archery or maybe they're a, a place where you have 4-H sports available. You know, so there is still an opportunity to have conversations about creating that that gateway to hunting and angling that may not necessarily be front of mind for people who think about the type of work that I do. Is there anything uh, so far that you've kind of taken away from some of the sessions that you've sent in, uh, you know, these couple of days that uh, you can already say, hey, this is something that's going to help me? Yes. You know, I think a lot of what I do is I, I look at the these sessions through the lens of my members and how can I go back and generate more interest and certainly the idea of our SCORP, the statewide comprehensive outdoor recreation plan and how can I get p potentially 200 park and recreation agencies to buy into that so that we can really start getting some momentum happening throughout the state at that local level. That's probably my biggest takeaway from this this time around and, and having some of those important conversations with landowners, having important conversations with federal, state, local landowners and even private landowners, you know, maybe those are some conversations that we can start having around access. Sure. Well, it's wonderful to meet you, and uh, we'll try to stay in touch and maybe from time to time get you back on and let you keep us informed. So thank you very much. You're listening to Sports from Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more after this. And once again, we want to thank Allison for being with us, and we want to thank a lot of the sponsors and partners that are here today at the conference and uh, just to mention a few of them and you're going to be hearing from some of these folks here in some interviews throughout the show but the trust for public land the great outdoors fund also the national wildlife federation the mule deer foundation and um, again folks these are a lot of groups that uh, some of us may not be familiar familiar with and that's why i want to thank um Colorado Parks and Wildlife for putting on this conference because this is bringing a lot of groups together to give a better understanding of what we all can do to make our state continue to grow in the outdoors and conservation. So we're going to get to us more interviews right now. Once again, we're coming to you live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference in Breckenridge, and uh, glad to have now with us Eric Glenn, and Eric is the Executive Director, and he's with the Colorado Cattlemen's Agriculture, Agricultural Land Trust. So, Eric, thanks for being with us today. 
Thank you for having me. And that's a mouthful of a name, huh? <laughs> that is. And I was like, wow, how many, a few more words we can get in that title there. Um, so, again, this is a great conference. Uh, my first time to actually be here the last few years. I've been in Montana, Turkey on this time of year, so I haven't been able to come. But, man, a lot of great groups here. And also, take a minute. Um, tell us a little about you and what you do um, here with your organization and then what the tie-in is here to the conference. Sure. So, uh, I well, I grew up in Wyoming. I have deep family roots in Colorado that date back to the 1800s. My family was involved in ranching in uh, the upper Arkansas Valley, still is in the Slida area. And so Colorado means a lot to me. Uh, I've been blessed for the last 10 years to work for the Colorado Cattlemen's Ag Land Trust. Uh, we're a conservation organization uh, that focuses on the preservation and conservation of working agricultural lands and landscapes across Colorado. We work statewide. We've partnered with over 330 landowners across the state to conserve over 571,000 acres. And those landscapes are the landscapes that are producing our food and fiber for uh, feeding a growing population. So I think the work that we do not only protects and preserves our ability to grow locally sourced food, uh, but it also uh, protects and uh, supports wildlife habitat. Uh, we know private lands are, are important particularly for winter range, um, for for wildlife. Um, we also work to protect stream corridors and, and river corridors that are important to our fisheries. And, and so the work that we do impacts just about everybody. Lots of people don't know how private lands conservation impacts them, but it impacts them in many different ways. And, and uh, we just have a, we want to have the opportunity to tell people about that and uh, appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Sure. Now, when you, and you, we were talking a little bit before we started taping here that um, you do things with Ducks Unlimited and all that. And I mean, where do you see um, the whole private land? I mean, man, you look at just all the people moving here. I mean, I moved here in 93 from Texas, and everybody said, I mean, when I got my driver's license, lady said, like, 2,000 people a week were moving to Colorado. And now, I mean, our numbers are going to be just growing like crazy. So all of what you guys do is really going to come into play here. I mean, it already is, but this next five to 10 years, man, we've got to have some folks like you helping us out with these private land issues, right? Well, I think it's, uh, it's this fundamental issue in this state about how do we keep Colorado, Colorado, the Colorado we all know and love and, and that our parents and grandparents know and love. I have two little boys, both under the age of four. I want them to be able to grow up and experience the outdoors, to experience uh, the Colorado that I got to experience. Uh, and so private land conservation plays a key role uh, in uh, the grand scheme of conserving what makes the state great. Uh, everybody likes to talk about public lands and they're important, uh, but private lands play a critical role in supporting those public lands, supporting the wildlife that that uh, uh, live on those public lands. They go back and forth between private and public. And as we grow, uh, in this state, we have got to, I think, create that conservation ethic in the next generation and that, and in the people that are coming uh, to the state. I think those of us that grew up here or grew up in the West, we just kind of have an innate ethic about uh, conservation, about land use issues, and we need to pass that on to people that didn't grow up here. Uh, get them passionate about the issue, get them passionate about supporting uh, the landowners and the stewards of these lands because it's it's really critical to our future. 
Well, man, it's been nice meeting you, and uh, we're talking. We're going to try to do some other things to let you guys come on, because I'll be honest, I had no idea you did all what you just said. So, again, we appreciate you being here at the conference, and thanks for coming on. Again, that's Eric Glenn. He's executive director for the Colorado Cattlemen's Agricultural Land Trust. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference here in Breckenridge. Don't let mosquitoes disrupt your family fun at your next barbecue or keep the kids from camping out in the backyard. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and I'm very happy that our outdoor activities have been mosquito-free for the last four years thanks to the fine folks at Mosquito Authority. Their mission is to help protect you and your family from mosquitoes and the diseases they carry. And did you know when your dog or cat is bitten by a mosquito, heartworm is one of the most common infections? At Mosquito Authority, they guarantee you won't be bothered by mosquitoes between treatments. And if you are, hey, all you have to do is call. They'll come back out, reassess your property, and if necessary, retreat at no additional charge. No contracts, no commitments, and best of all, no mosquitoes. Call 303-688-2847. That's 303-688-2847, or visit MosquitoAuthority.com. Hi, I'm Lindsay. A few months ago, I was in an accident. I totaled my car. They were just going too fast, and it was icy right there. It was his fault, but it wasn't anyone's fault. That's why it's called an accident, right? I was so sore. Not at first, but like days later. I had to go to the hospital. I have always heard about the things insurance companies do when this kind of thing happens, but didn't know how bad it really was. I needed an attorney. I called Flesh and Beck, and man, I'm glad I did. From the first call all the way to the settlement, Kevin was there for me. It was like having my own personal attorney. He really got to know me, and he knew everything about my case. There is no way I would have gotten that big of a settlement if I hadn't called. I definitely recommend calling Flesh and Beck if you've been in an accident. Definitely. Hi, I'm Kevin Flesh from Flesh and Beck Law. At Flesh and Beck, you get real, sincere, personal service from attorneys that actually care about you and your case. Call us, Flesh and Beck Law, 303-806-8886. 303-806-8886. Let me tell you about one of my favorite stores, The Outdoorsman's Attic, a consignment store for all of your adventure outdoor gear. Hunting, fishing, camping, kayaks, live bait, survival gear, backpacks, sleeping bags, firearms, and ammo. Save 20, 30, 40, and even 50% on new and pre-owned items at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and save up to 20% on your purchase. This offer excludes firearms and ammo. Never pay retail again. Big savings and friendly service is what you'll find at the Outdoorsman's Attic. Located at 2650 West Hampton Avenue in Sheridan. 303-781-3626. That's 303-781-3626. Check them out, outdoorsmansattic.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. Once again, we're coming to you live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference here in Breckenridge this week. And we are doing some pre-recordings for our show this weekend and uh, meeting a lot of new folks and many that you have heard on our show before. And uh, with that, I'm glad to have Dan Gates with us. And Dan, you've heard before with the Colorado Trappers uh, and Hunters Association. And also, he is with Colorado's for Responsible Wildlife Management. And Dan um, was kind enough to invite us out for this conference here for a couple of days. 
And so, Dan, I want you to take a minute, uh, and uh, we've got one microphone we're passing back and forth, so uh, I'll hand him the mic here in just a moment. But um, take just a minute and kind of tell us about this conference, and then um, let's talk about the uh, Trapper Association that you're with and this other organization you're with, and then just about the conference. Just take a minute and tell us all about everything. Thanks a bunch, Scott. Really appreciate the opportunity. and appreciate the opportunity for you to come up and uh, spend some time with us. Uh, the the Partners Conference that is sponsored by Colorado Parks and Wildlife is uh, the state's largest and most premier outdoor-related partners-type conference that we have in the state of Colorado. Um, there's, there's a variety of different people from all sectors of Colorado's outdoor recreation community, whether they be uh, land trust people, uh, bird conservancy people, uh, trails people, uh, conservation, land and water use people, wildlife management people. I mean, you name it, uh, if you're in the business of wildlife management, habitat, outdoor recreation, you have representatives here at this conference. Um, Colorado Parks and Wildlife has been doing this conference for about five years. Uh, XCPW Director Broshide was instrumental in putting this thing together. And we have over 500 attendees uh, at this specific point, uh, representing about 250 organizations throughout the state. And it is it is much of a session-oriented conference. It is, is a networking conference to where people can get together, uh, they can they can talk, they can figure out who is who and who their allies are, uh, who, who has commonality in their efforts, and what the, everybody pretty much finds out uh, over a period of time is that that spider web effect that I always refer to is we all have a dot and figuring out a way to connect those dots. And if you really look at it, it becomes a spider web effect. And, and when, when you talk about migratory corridors or you talk about outdoor recreation trails, you talk about winter use, summer use, you talk about calving grounds from the sportsman's perspective. Uh, everybody has a level of connectivity in that, and it's 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 imperative to have people on the ground that are making the decisions and policy. But there's also the boots on the ground guys that are actually helping try to to not only convert people and ideologies, but look at funding mechanisms and look at the, the the mannerisms in which we are treating our public lands and private lands and our wildlife and our water and natural resources. And Colorado Parks and Wildlife plays a, a very intimate and integral piece of that puzzle. But without the partners, like this conference is, without that, we don't have anything to, to really base our heritage, our legacy, our tradition, and our ability to manage those resources effectively. Now, we were in a couple of uh, breakout sessions um, um, today uh, for several hours. And again, a lot of different groups. <laughs> I hope the concept is, and I feel like this is the concept, you know, you're trying to get some organizations that maybe aren't as familiar with what all we're doing in the hunting community. They're not as familiar with the hunting community. So it, I think it's really just trying to get a lot of minds together to accomplish some goals that's good for our state, right? Exactly, Scott. And one thing that I'd have to say is the sportsmen of Colorado historically have, have had the, the the gumption to tax themselves, to feed themselves, to pay to play. We have provided the wildlife resources in this state, uh, the funding mechanism that is necessary for Colorado Parks to effective, Colorado Parks and Wildlife to effectively manage our resources. And if we don't have the sportsmen leading the way in a conservation stewardship uh, mentality and educating these other partners that are that are for the most part 
part, they're not ignorant about it. It's just not their wheelhouse. If they don't hunt, if they don't understand where, where the funding mechanism comes from and who, who manages the wildlife and the resources, it's hard to get them to understand how much they need to contribute because whether they're, whether they're a, a kayaker, whether they're a mountain biker, a, a, a trail walker, a camper, a cross-country skier, they are affecting Colorado Parks and Wildlife's ability to manage, but they're also affecting the resource and they're affecting the wildlife and the water and the lands themselves. And, well, you know, we got 5.6 million people in this state. Within a given day, we've got between 6.7 and 8.2 million people with visitors and, and travelers alike. That is impacting our resources in a manner that is incomprehensible if you would have looked at our wildlife management protocols and our goals from, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Who would have thought that at any given time you'd have that many people on the landscape and the wildlife and the resource that we have is, a, is being effective constantly, whether the hunters participated or not? Sure. Again, you're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. My name is Scott Wadley. Dan Gates is our guest, and we're coming to you live from Breckenridge. We're at the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference. So it's kind of scary, really, when you, you look at um, some of the things with hunting, and we talked today in some of the meetings again about private land, public land, the, you know, they were talking about 2,000 25 or 2050 how many people are going to live here man we got to get people involved in some things and one thing you're really uh, fired up about right now trying to get everybody on this meeting in grand junction in may on this bobcat issue so take a minute and tell us a little bit about that may 9th in grand junction there is a citizens petition that is being introduced and presented to the parks and wildlife commission to ban uh, the take of bobcats in the state of Colorado. And that that is a individual that has brought that up. Um, it's not a science-based petition. It doesn't hold a bunch of water, in my opinion. Um, if you look at the bullet points in the petition, there's a lot of inaccuracies and maybe some misconceptions or mis misperceptions. Uh, but I, as a sportsman, trust the decision-making process of wildlife managers and Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and I don't care whether you're in Montana or New Mexico or Utah, those individuals are the ones that are managing under the basis of the North American model of wildlife conservation. And it is imperative for sportsmen to support that ideology. We cannot manage wildlife by public opinion or ballot initiative when those people are not engaged in the process in the sense to where they don't know the specifics about what it takes. This Bobcat deal is a, is a prime example, and it could, you could put a comma behind the, any, any part of this petition, and it could be mountain lions, it could be rough grouse, it could be uh, coyotes, it could be mule deer. If some other user group out there decided they didn't want us to harvest it, they could put a comma on there and change all the verbiage in there to admit their specific goals, wants, and desires, and their opposition to our ability to harvest any species in the state or to have it managed in any way, shape, or form. Everybody's got their opinions, but opinions that are based on emotion from a social standpoint do not do the resource any good. When you look at science and the science-based aspect of what Colorado Parks and Wildlife brings to the table, it is imperative to realize that those are the guys that know the science and the data and have done the studies and they do the monitoring and the modeling and the and the comprehensive data collection processes and they deal with the sportsmen and they, they deal with the landowners and the ranchers and, the, and the, the other managers from the BLM and the Forest Service and so forth. If Colorado Parks and Wildlife came to me or any sportsman that I know of, whether it's 
through the Colorado Trappers and Predator Hunters Association or the Coloradoans for Responsible Wildlife Management. And they said that there was something that was happening to a specific species of wildlife in our state. We would be the first to jump on board to say, maybe we need to look at something different. Maybe we need more data. Maybe we need more, more information that would help make a little, a little bit of more educated decision. That's not the case in this deal. The agency knows the data, has the science backing, and individuals are trying to change the way that wildlife is managed and alter the scope of that protocol under the North American model. Now, take just a minute, because we've had you on with the um, Hunters and Trappers Association and all that you're with, but tell us a little bit about more about the Coloradoans for Responsible Wildlife Management and what all that entails. Uh, the Coloradoans for Responsible Wildlife Management is an organization that we formed two years ago uh, to help support the, the, the Future Generations Act and the uh, other funding bills that they were trying to get passed, which inevitably increased hunting fees on the sportsmen in this state, but the, the mission of the agent, the mission of the organization is to enhance, promote, and defend the North American model of wildlife conservation and responsible wildlife management. And that goes back into what I mentioned previously about ballot decisions, about uh, citizens' petitions, about public opinions. We cannot allow in today's society to do anything other than science-based management decisions. And with that organization, it's a collective umbrella group. It's not a membership group, but it, we, we employ the, the, the support of multiple organizations, such as the Colorado Wildlife Control Operators or the Colorado Trappers and Predator Hunters, the Colorado Outfitters Association, uh, different chapters of Safari Club International, Sportsmen for Community, and a variety of different other, other organizations and individuals and entities that want to contribute to the cause of promoting that North American model concept and making sure that 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 is the sustainable management goals and objectives of what we do here in the state of Colorado. Well, man, this has been great information. We appreciate you inviting us out and um, we will um, we're going to be working to put some groups together where we can have you guys on more often to really educate myself, our listeners, so we know what's going on, how we can get involved, and what we can do, because you're right. I mean, right now it's the Bobcat. If three or four people show up in Grand Junction, I guarantee you there will be a comma, and it will be mountain lions, it will be bears, it will be mule deer, don't you think? Yeah, I, th I think that this is this is the, the nexus, this is the centerpiece of the equation. Uh, and whether anybody has personal opinions about specific species or method of take or seasons or harvest, uh, this is this is an opportunity for sportsmen and 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 non-sportsmen alike to voice their opinions in this process. But supporting the agency that that supports what the mission of Colorado Parks and Wildlife is. And, and if you look at 33-101 under the Colorado statute, uh, it is the intent of this agency to provide a not only a funding mechanism, but an opportunity for, for sportsmen and visitors and residents alike, the opportunity to pursue wildlife, manage wildlife, and, and know that we have wildlife. And without that, without that 33-1-101, there's no way, shape, or form that you can have a sustainable resource for now and for the future and for our legacy and traditions of what we're trying to carry on. Well, Dan, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more right after this. 
This is Red Merrill for Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is a weapon manufacturer that services the firearm enthusiast. From precision ARs to suppressors, Phoenix Weaponry can make your dreams come true. Phoenix Weaponry is a full-service gun shop that offers gunsmithing, coating, and modifications to your own weapon. Phoenix Weaponry, family-owned and operated right here in Colorado. If you can dream it, Phoenix Weaponry can build it. Call today, 720-340-2496. Again, that's 720-340-2496. Or visit their website, phoenixweaponry.com. Mention Sportsman of Colorado and receive 10% off your custom-built weapon. Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality eye and vision care for over 50 years. Stack Optical is a family-owned business, and they're proud to be one of the few optical offices that have their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Your one-stop shop for all of your vision needs, eye exams, glasses, and contacts. And don't forget about the Stack Sports Pack. Let owner and certified optician Alan Stack customize a pair of specialized glasses that will make your next outing on the golf course or on the gun range better than ever before. Call today for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Or check them out at stackoptical.com. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. RampartFirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. Got a road trip planned for getting ready for your next outdoor adventure? Hi, this is Scott Watley for my friends at D&D Tire Service. At D&D Tire Service in Parker and Aurora, they understand automotive issues can be a headache and they never come at a convenient time. D&D Tire Service is family owned and operated and is truly your one-stop shop for all of your automotive needs. All tires are reduced and for a limited time, there are some great rebates saving you up to $200. From belts to tires, wiper blades, oil changes, D&D Tire Service has you covered. For the location nearest you, call 303-699-7337. That's 303-699-7337. D&D Tire Service is the official auto repair shop of Sportsman of Colorado Radio. Let D&D Tire Service keep you and your family safe on the roads. DndTireService.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560.
Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado. I want to thank you for joining us today. My name is Scott Watley, and we appreciate you being with us. As I mentioned in our opening, we are coming to you live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference in Breckenridge, and a lot of different groups here, Colorado Parks and Wildlife, and our good friend Dan Gates, which is going to join us in another segment, invited us out, and uh, Dan Zimmer from Colorado Parks and Wildlife, so we could interview some folks from uh, different groups, and uh, this is a large, large conference about conservation and everything really to do with our outdoors here in Colorado. And uh, with this, we get to meet a lot of new folks and uh, glad to have Lou Carpenter with us. He is the Director of Conservation Partnerships with the National Wildlife Federation. So Lou, thanks for being with us on Sportsman of Colorado. Well, thank you, I appreciate being here. So take a minute, tell us about your background a little bit and then um, how you got into doing what you're doing and then what you do. You bet. I, um, I'm from Colorado. I grew up in Greeley and um, went on to become a, a journalist, an outdoor writer and editor at Western Outdoors for many years and produced some hunting television for a while after that. I finally made my way back to Colorado after a while and realized that uh, uh, I needed to find a job where I could still hunt and fish on the job. And, uh, you know, found my way to National Wildlife Federation. And uh, I've been here 12 years now, and I've, I've really appreciated uh, working in this space and working on conservation and working for hunters and anglers because it's it's important to me, and uh, it's a lifestyle that, that I appreciate. And, um, you know, uh, I work uh, throughout the Intermountain West, uh, Idaho, Wyoming, Utah, Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico. And uh, currently I'm focusing more in Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Nebraska. But uh, a lot of the work is about you know, uh, advocating for, for healthy landscapes, uh, clean air, clean water, you know, f from our perspective, uh, opportunities for sportsmen um, rely on clean water and clean air, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's, we can't access places that, that aren't healthy and, and the wildlife aren't there. And so, you know, that's, we focus a lot on public lands, but we also know that uh, Private lands is also the future of conservation, too. So, Absolutely. So what would you say kind of is the mission uh, of your group and then uh, kind of the purpose of you being at this conference? Well, we're, we're, we're one of the largest conservation organizations in the country, so we're a very big tent. We focus on a lot of things, but um, the, the affiliates that I work with here in the, in the West really focus a lot on, on sportsman issues and public lands. Uh, for the vast majority of the work. And, you know, we advocate at the political level. Um, we advocate uh, out to, to the public who may or may not be educated in things like North American wildlife model and things that are important to conservation or that, that sportsmen help fund uh, conservation in these states. And, and so a lot of our education and outreach on, on conservation values and, uh, and how that work gets done at the legislature in the different states and at the federal level. Right. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado. Again, my name is Scott Watley. We appreciate you being with us, and uh, if you're just joining us or getting in your car, turn on the radio. We're coming to you live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference in Breckenridge, and uh, we're going to be having a myriad of a lot of guests today, and uh, just a lot of different groups on, a little bit different than what we normally do, but uh, we just wanted to kind of find out a lot about the groups that are here in our state and helping us with our areas of conservation. Now, what do you see, I mean, boy, if you look at our political climate has changed quite a bit here in Colorado and just hunting and all the different things with the outdoors. What do you see here in the next five to 10 years just in the outdoors here in Colorado? 
I think I think I see some challenges, but a lot of opportunities. You know, with with the the, the numbers, the population growth here in Colorado is really going to have an impact on, on on quite a few things. And I think that you know, balancing conservation and outdoor recreation is an important piece along the way. And um, you know, we really need to be careful about how development works here in Colorado and how that expansion goes, because we have something so rare here um, in our wildlife and our opportunities that. If we're not careful and we don't make sure that that the that the uh, appropriate measures are in place to to keep, you know, these opportunities protected and and uh, the access open for sportsmen, I think we're going to have to we're going we're going to have a problem. So we you know population growth is 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 uh, is a serious thing, and uh, so we got to make sure that we're protecting our values and our heritage and the things that are important to us here. Well, good. Well, man, it's nice to meet you, and uh, we'll try to get you on some future shows and learn more about you guys. And uh, anything you ever have for input for our show, you're always welcome. All right, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, I tell you, it's been great to be here in Breckenridge at the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference. And uh, I believe this is the fifth year that Colorado Parks and Wildlife has had this, and they have seen the conference grow tremendously and continued interest in this. And so if you get a chance next year to come to this, uh, hope you will. Well, we're going to get to some more interviews here from the conference. All right, as I mentioned, we're coming to you live from the 2019 Partners in the Outdoors Conference in Breckenridge, and we are glad to welcome Connor Hall now. And Connor is the Director, Conservation Strategies and Policy Advocacy, Interior of the West, and he is with the Trust for Public Lands. So, Connor, thanks for being with us today. Scott, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for having me on. And you got such a great radio voice. It's, uh, we'll see how I measure up oh. here. <laughs> oh, you're doing great. And uh, we were actually just sitting in a, in a hallway and um, uh, pre-taping some of this for this weekend's show. But uh, um, again, we want to get a lot of different uh, people on from different groups to kind of talk about, you know, who you are, what you guys do, and then, um, you know, kind of what ties you into the conference here. So take a minute and just tell us a little about your background and then how you got into doing this here um, with the Trust for Public Land. Sounds good. Thank you, Scott. Um, so my background is I grew up in uh, the San Luis Valley of Colorado in a real small town down there, uh, Crestone, Colorado. And my dad uh, did a lot of conservation work. He's an attorney. Um, and so kind of grew up with that conservation ethic. Uh, deeply etched and grew up run, running around in the mountains, you know, hiking, uh, you know, kayaking, and it, just about anything you can do outside, I did it uh, and absolutely loved it. And so it was so important in my own development as a person um, that was, you know, that was really one of the reasons I uh, came to work with the Trust for Public Lands. And uh, the, the honest truth is I've only been there five weeks, so I'm, I'm still pretty new. Uh, I spent the last four years working with Governor John Hickenlooper um, as an advisor in, in you know, quite a few different roles. Um, learned a lot, uh, got to see every different corner of Colorado with him and work with a whole lot of different communities on you know, a wide array of issues. Um, but uh, like I said, uh, that my background growing up in rural Colorado, up in the mountains, and seeing and knowing how important that was in my development brought me to the Trust for Public Lands. And the Trust for Public Lands is a national nonprofit, about 30 offices around the country. And really the mission is 
to uh, create parks and protect land for people. And that people piece is huge. I mean, we're all about uh, access. Um, we have a program called the 10 minute walk program. And the basic idea is getting every uh, kid in the country within 10 minutes of a green space, a park, you know, it can look a lot of different ways, but you know, giving them that opportunity um, and really creating equity in that access to, to open space. Cause we know how important it is uh, in terms of health outcomes, uh, mental health outcomes, you know, uh, you know, public health outcomes, um, and just, you know, one's development. I mean, I know you, I can imagine you have a, you know, you grew up in the outdoors and you knew how important that was to you. And probably, you know, most of your listeners had that, had the opportunity to have that background. Um, and so we're trying to ensure that access in, in the best way we can. And the work I specifically do, I, I kind of focus a little bit more on the, the politics side, but it kind of transcends politics in some ways. Um, it's, it's not really a red or blue issue. Um, in a manner of speaking, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really working with local communities to help them, uh, you know, figure out how to fund their conservation vision. And we're agnostic in most cases what that vision looks like. I mean, we, we want it to come from the community. So it looks different uh, in every corner of the West. But we come in and we, uh, we help them figure out how, how, how you get there, you know, all, all kind of the nuance of it, what you got to do and figure out the mechanisms to, to, to fund that piece. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's great work. And I love, uh, going into these communities and getting to know what they care about, uh, and, you know, trying to piece that into something comprehensive. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty fulfilling work. Cool. Well, good. If you're just joining us again, Connor Hall is our guest. He is with the Trust for Public Land. And um, so as you meet with different organizations here, and I'm sure you see some people you know, and then um, other new organizations, uh, do you guys just try to get together to see how you can kind of partner up and help each other and even try to get a better understanding of all the organizations in Colorado trying to help with this conservation? Yeah, another excellent question, Scott. Um, and that, that is exactly the idea. Uh, just there, there's such a wide array of organizations here. Do, do, you, do you want me to restart that no, piece? No. Okay. There's such a wide variety of organizations here from, you know, the hunters and the anglers to the, you know, some ranchers, conservationists, uh, you know, government folks that, you know, it's one of the best places I've, I've found to... Uh, just create that environment where ideas are flowing and you know opportunities to collaborate are popping up and there's a lot you know we don't agree on everything and that's fine uh you know it's important to be able to discuss these things in a reasonable you know pragmatic way but you know we agree on a lot that that you know all unites us here that pulls us together and you know i mean i think one of those things is is the importance of the outdoors and, you know, our environment, um, you know, and, and the importance to the economy and the importance to health and that everyone should have that opportunity to, to experience that. Um, and so it's great. I mean, I, you know, I've already learned so much. I've only been here for a morning, but, uh, you know, learned so much and had some great conversations that, you know, could turn into to projects that have positive effects for the state of Colorado and, you know, the region as a whole. Um, so, so you hit the nail on the head. It's, there's a lot of great content that's curated here, but 
I, you know, I, I think the most important part is just the, the relationships. Like, you know, it's great, it was great meeting you at the table to, this, this morning. And uh, I love the work you're doing. I love uh, the show and uh, the idea behind it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a perfect example right there. Well, good deal. Well, hey, pleasure to meet you as well. And uh, we'll, we'll try to stay in touch. And uh, anytime there's something that you feel would be good for our listeners to know, you're always welcome. Once again, we want to thank all of our guests today. We're enjoying these interviews and being here at the conference. we got to take a short break, and we'll be back with more of Sportsman of Colorado right after this. Hi, this is Kevin Trisna, owner of M4 Roofing and Gutters. Since 2004, it's been our mission to provide the highest quality of service and trust to every customer we serve. M4 Roofing and Gutters is a family-owned and operated company right here in Englewood, Colorado. At M4 Roofing and Gutters, quality customer service is our top priority. For a free inspection and estimate for your roofing project, call today 303-797-8600. That's 303-797-8600. Or visit us online at m4roofing.com. M4 Roofing and Gutters is an A-plus member of the Better Business Bureau and haystackhelp.com. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Now, many times you hear your radio host like me say something like, let me tell you about my friends at, then we'll talk about a sponsor that we truly believe in and endorse. Well, in this case, let me tell you about a company that really is part of my family, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. For over 13 years, we have trusted our furry family members to this wonderful staff. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life. And their goal is to help you keep your pets happy and healthy throughout their life by providing complete pet care services every day, all at one location. We love the Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center Boarding Lodge, and your pet will too. Your pet will receive one-on-one -on -one care and attention throughout their stay. Open seven days a week for your convenience. Check them out. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, located at 8681 Lincoln Avenue in Lone Tree. 303-708-8050. 303-708-8050. Or check them out online at LoneTreeVet.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. We want to thank all of our guests today, and uh, it has been great to meet a lot of new people and uh, introduce our show to them and to learn more about each of these organizations. Again, we are going to be doing some great shows coming up on archery and uh, muzzle loading and getting everybody ready for the big game season. It will be here before we know it, and uh, I know all of us are anxiously awaiting to see what our tag draws are going to be, and uh, we are looking forward to that. But again, if you're just joining us, we are coming to you live from Breckenridge this week. We have been up here for a few days and uh, meeting a lot of great folks and doing some interviews. And uh, we want to thank all the folks that have been with us today. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing some more from these different groups to be with us throughout the year to learn more about them. So I hope you'll enjoy our interview now with Andy Treherne. 
Welcome back to Sportsman of Colorado. My name is Scott Wadley, and we appreciate you being with us. As I mentioned earlier, we're in Breckenridge this week and uh, doing some pre-recordings for our show. And uh, got a lot of great groups here at the Partners in the Outdoors Conference. And uh, glad to have Andy Traherne with us. He is the Federal Land Policy Director in the Western States and, um, and also the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. And Andy's been on with us before. So, Andy, take a minute and just tell us a little bit about your role with the group and then um, a little bit about the conference here and I know you did a talk this morning so just take a few minutes and kind of tell us what you went through. Thanks Scott. I'm with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and a lot of the work we do is educating legislators and other decision makers about the positive role that hunters and anglers play in conservation. Uh, so this conference is a perfect opportunity to work with some of our partners to spread that message and uh, make sure that uh, Hunting and fishing is always going to be a part of the outdoors in Colorado. And uh, this morning, uh we had a conversation uh, at one of the breakout sessions about uh, some of the successes of the Habitat Stamp Program. Uh, so that's the $10 fee that everybody buys when they purchase a, a hunting and fishing license. And that, that uh, money goes to a program called the Wildlife, Colorado Wildlife Habitat Protection Program. And uh, it's, it's done some pretty tremendous things for this state in terms of conserving land and providing hunting access and fishing access across Colorado. And uh, we, uh, I serve on the committee uh, that makes recommendations for how that money is spent. And uh, I sit on that with uh, Dan Gates, who I know is a, a regular guest on this program. And uh, for the last couple years, we've been talking about how we can improve the efficiency and effectiveness of that program. And so we were uh, talking to some partners and some of the the groups and individuals that pay into that program about uh, things we might be able to do better in terms of creating better habitat uh, that leads to better hunting and fishing. Now, at a conference like this, I mean, just an um, array of people I met, kind of a diverse group. There are some people that aren't into some things as others, you know, I'm more in the hunting and fishing and uh, maybe not the hiking or the biking, whatever. But when you say you meet with legislators and all these different groups that try to, uh, I hate to use the word educate, but it really is an educate to them. Well, you know, we need a sportsman. Um, how challenging is that for people when they've never been around it, they don't understand it, and, and up front they just don't like it because maybe the stereotype hunters have given us? Yeah, it, absolutely. That can be uh, a significant challenge, and uh, some of that is is based on the the bad behavior of a few bad apples uh, but overall i think it's it's really about uh, getting to know some of these folks developing relationships with them uh, even if they don't hunt or fish themselves uh, exposing them to that uh, a lot of what we do uh, in terms of programming includes uh, you know interacting with with these legislators or other decision makers that just haven't been exposed to this and so they may not have any idea that uh, 
all hunting and fishing license revenue goes back to support conservation that benefits them and their constituents. They may not know that firearms, ammunition, motorboat fuel, uh, fishing tackle has a 10 or 11% excise tax on it that ends up going back to state fish and wildlife agencies like Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, to support conservation, again, that, that benefits everyone. And so uh, we're trying to do some experience-based stuff where uh, we may do a, a shotgun clay shoot and we'll try to get urban legislators that may have never fired a gun out there. Uh, but at the same time, we're also trying to work in partnership with some of the, the elected officials that uh, are experienced and passionate about the outdoors to make sure they have strong ties to the sportsman's community. Uh, if they hear about an issue, they know who to call. Uh, and so if, if they hear about an upland hunting issue or land access issue in upland bird habitat, it's not the first time they've interacted with the Pheasants Forever or National Wild Turkey Federation individuals. So uh, we're really trying to strengthen those ties, make sure they have information uh, that can help expand hunting, fishing, and the shooting sports, as well as uh, have the, the information that helps them protect those activities from some of the efforts that uh, won't, won't be so positive for those pastimes. Now, is there anything, um, as we sit here today, that maybe our listeners need to know about? I know Dan Gates is working on the d issue with the Bobcats, and they've got a thing in Grand Junction, which we've talked about already on the show. But um, anything else out there uh, that you can think of that our listeners need to know? And again, if you're just getting in the car, turn on the radio. Andy Traherne is our guest. He's the Western States Director for the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. And we're coming to you live from Breckenridge at the Partners in the Outdoors Conference here. So again, anything we need to know? Yeah, sure. There's a couple things that have gone on down at the State Capitol in Denver uh, this year. And one uh, I think that's worth noting and highlighting is uh, the the sportsmen's groups in this state uh, worked in partnership with Colorado Parks and Wildlife and the Colorado Legislative Sportsmen's Caucus, uh, which is made up of the legislators that we uh, work with that want to help advance sportsmen's issues uh, to take a look at some of the fines and penalties associated with poaching and some of the bad behavior. And I, I think they've gone ahead and come up with a proposal that's reasonable and uh, make sure that things like uh, a fine for not having a fishing license is not costing less than actually buying a fishing license. And uh, so that's one of the positive things that, again, helps us spread the message about how we're here to take care of wildlife and conserve wildlife and uh, make sure that people are doing the right thing uh, in the sportsman's community. And, uh, uh, you know, there's some other things going on. You mentioned the, the bobcat issue that's going to be in front of the commission uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we're certainly paying attention to that and working with Dan and others uh, to make sure that uh, that people know that uh, we take good care of, of our wildlife in this state and we manage it correctly and that bobcats are actually doing pretty well um, on a population basis. So working on some of that, uh, we're keeping an eye on some of the uh, the, the wolf uh, reintroduction stuff that's been happening. Uh, there was a legislative council hearing at the Capitol last week uh, where the proponents of that ballot initiative uh, were in front of the, the Capitol attorneys 
asking for feedback from a technical perspective on what they had put down on paper and are considering trying to put in front of voters. And so we're, we're keeping an eye on that and uh, trying to, to really see if there are opportunities to make sure that we don't start managing wildlife through voter initiatives and, and ballot measures uh, without uh, the, the role of the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Commission and input of sportsmen um, that pay the bills for the agency. And so uh, we'll, be, we'll be continuing to do that. Uh, at the federal level, we've had some uh, good wins in the last uh, few months with the passage of the, the lands package that included a number of uh, sportsmen's provisions that we've been working on for almost a decade. Uh, those include things like keeping BLM land and Forest Service land open unless there's a specific reason to close it. Um, we've got some uh, real positive movement on implementation of that of that package. Uh, so I also serve as the chair of something called the Federal Lands Hunting, Fishing, and Shooting Sports Roundtable. And that group works with the federal agencies uh, to provide the perspective of sportsmen and women on some of the things that those those agencies are doing that impact us and see if there are opportunities to work work with them um, and provide our our uh, perspective so that they're, they're doing things the right way and make sure we have access and thinking about wildlife and, and hunters and anglers. Landy, thanks, and a uh, pleasure to have you on again. And again, I was talking to you a little bit before we started recording today. I'd love to get with you guys and, man, have you on more often to just to try to keep all the issues that really we need to know because as everyday sportsmen out there, sometimes we read in the media or something happened before we had a chance to get out there and do something, and we need people to show up. I mean, that's a challenge I'd like you to put out. Hey, when we have meetings or things at the Capitol, I realize you may have to take a day off work or an afternoon or a morning but you know what all of us tend to do that when we want to go hunting or fishing and we're going to lose some of this stuff if we're not careful in closing don't you think yeah that's exactly right scott and i i think one of the the ways to do that is listening to a show like this where i know scott uh, works really hard to get uh knowledgeable people on on his show and, and spread information around uh, but another is to uh, join a, a sportsman's organization I I know that uh, there's some pretty scary statistics out there about uh, what percentage of, of hunters and anglers actually belong to a, a group that advocates for them and you know there are a variety of them out there uh, find one you like get on their email list pay your 30 or 40 dollars a year to be a member show up to banquets have a good time and uh, get involved uh, that's that's the only way we're going to keep this uh, really really historically a great tradition of conservation going in this country Landy, thanks a lot appreciate it and as andy mentioned we um matter of fact when this show airs saturday um we will be emceeing the american heroes in action banquet and that one is sold out but there is still time to get banquets for the rocky mountain elk foundation banquet may 11th you can go to rmef.org for tickets there. Uh, once again, I'm having the privilege to MC that banquet as well. And uh, we're going to have a great night, great silent auction, live auction. So, again, you can go to rmef.org and uh, click on events, and you can find that Den Denver banquet on May 11th.
Once again, we want to thank everyone for being with us and uh, hope you've enjoyed these interviews from the conference this week. And uh, we want to thank all of our guests, Allison Kincaid, Dan Gates, Lou Carpenter, Eric Green was with us, Andy Traherne, and also Connor Hall. So we want to thank all these folks for spending some time with us here on our show. Most of all, thank you for joining us today for Sportsman of Colorado. Hope you have a great weekend and leave it right here on KLZ 560. expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.